in Parshat Vayetze, we saw that there were a lot of uh, names being given, the themes of names, and I'd like to explore that deeper. So this part two of our Genesis Unveiled number seven is about names and particularly Hebrew names. So there's a lot to name. My name is Jonathan. Uh, when I was growing up, I was Johnny. Then when I got to about the age of 15, I realized that was too babyish and uh, became John. And then uh, it was Jonathan when I got to Israel and started studying Torah and increased my Jewish identity. So names can reflect different aspects of who we are. And even last names can reflect a lot of who we are. Uh, they're more than just a moniker. We see that Alan Konigsberg is not the same as Woody Allen. Joan Persky is not the same as Lauren Bacall. And Nathan Burnham is not the same as George Burns. So names convey a lot of who we are. And researchers have shown, interestingly, that uh, there's a disproportionately high number of people who follow uh, certain paths depending on certain names. There are more, uh, disproportionately more Lauras who become lawyers, dentists who become dentists, and at the synagogue in New York where I used to be, uh, the person who innovated teeth whitening, his name was Smigel. So what is this about? Uh, studies show that something called implicit egoism we identify with things that relate to who we are. And for names, it's called nominative determinism, that what our name is might actually impact uh, the things we might do in our life, things we might relate to. So from a Jewish point of view, uh, this has a deeper spiritual dimension. The Talmud in Brachot 7b says, Hashem Gorem, the name causes. In other words, the name has a cause, has an outcome of who we are. And so it's much better to choose a name like Abraham or Sarah than Nimrod or Jezebel, uh, the latter two who weren't the um, best characters in the Torah, or Chaim and Bracha, life and blessings, rather than Morticia or Fester, so to speak. So... Um, the Talmud is telling us, and the Arizal Rabbi Isaac Luria, the great Kabbalist, uh, went a little deeper and explained that the Hebrew name is actually a description of our true selves. How can these be? Why is that? So if you look at the word nishama, shem, the middle two letters are shame, shin and men. So it's saying that uh, the name is an aspect of our divine soul, the Shema being the divine soul. In other words, the name is a spiritual vessel, he says, the Ari, through which the soul is channeled down into this world. And we're going to see, so, who we're named after also is a connection and a spiritual channel. So the question is asked, well, if that's so, how can parents name a child a name which will be a reflection of who that child later becomes? So Moshe, for instance, the daughter of Pharaoh, pulled him out of the water, out of the Nile. She named him Moshe, which means, uh, which is a form of the word Masui, to draw out. And 
she said his name would be Moshe because he was drawn out of the water. Now Ibn Ezra points out that Moshe means to draw out, not to be drawn out. And so he later would draw the Jewish people out of the Red Sea and metaphorically draw them out of Egypt and save them. So she named him a name which became, actualized and became his future destiny. So mystical unfolding of a reality or psychological fulfillment of what your name is. You can take both views and have different takes on it depending upon your outlook. But, um, it, but we see that whatever the case, a Hebrew name is very important. And so, because the names have meaning. So what is your Hebrew name? What does it mean? David comes from Dodi, from Beloved. Bitzalel, in the shade of God. He was an artist who built the temple. Artists tend to uh, have robust egos, but his name was that he would do this artistic work in the shadow of God for a higher divine purpose, not to express his own artistic. And so one has to look at one's Hebrew name and look into it and see what does the name express? What does it mean? Yonatan Yosef, my Hebrew name. Yonatan is gift of God. Yosef is to increase. So I guess the message is that I have to try and increase the gifts of God. A, uh, an intimidating uh, mission to try and take on. Um, the Talmud uh, has names as well. So let's look at the different categories of what where human names can come from. Some of them are biblical names. Uh, I knew someone who was named Avraham Moshe. Definitely big shoes to fill. Um, and there are more uh, obscure names that are given from the Torah itself. Uh, some of them never got a lot of traction, even the 12 tribes. Yeah. I know some Asher's, but I don't know a lot of Zebulun's. I did know one. Um, Talmudic names are very popular as well, particularly Akiva, named after the great Rabbi Akiva, Meir after Rabbi Meir. And um, once again, the idea of naming after biblical or Talmudic figures is to link us to the great personalities and who they were. Jonathan was the son of King Saul and was very loyal to his friend, David. Uh, animals in nature. Names in nature. Uh, people named after animals. Svi is a deer or a gazelle, and Dove is a bear. Tsipora, girl's name, is a, a bird, a pigeon. Uh, Ayelet is also a deer. Uh, and then there are biblical names that have within them the name of God. Daniel. God will judge me. Zachariah, God will remember. Uh, also used are angels' names. Raphael, to heal. Um, Uriel, the light of God. So uh, there are also in Hebrew non-biblical names, just simply qualities. Chayim, life. Bracha, blessings. Simcha, joy. These are all different categories. And finally, there are Yiddish names as well. Sometimes the Yiddish is a direct repetition of the Hebrew, like Dov Bear is Dov in Hebrew is Bear, and Bear in Yiddish is Bear. Um, there is 
an idea, and it's quoted, that uh, one can actually uh, translate one's Yiddish name, a Yiddish name, if family wants to name someone out of the Yiddish name, a person with a Yiddish name, to translate it into the Hebrew. So actually, this is what we did for our children. Uh, my grandmother was Gittel, and our daughter's name, uh, middle name is Tova, which is the Hebrew of Gittel, goodness. Uh, another, our son, uh, Shlomo, his great-grandfather was Zalman, so, which is the Yiddish of Shlomo. So, you see that you can translate Yiddish names into Hebrew, although Yiddish names are considered to be a Hebrew name, uh, even though Yiddish was a later language, a, a, a agglomeration of German and Hebrew. Nevertheless, uh, they were, is considered to have holiness to it as well. Now, in terms of choosing names, uh, ethnic is in. So it's interesting that uh, the most popular names these days, six of the, the top 20, Noah, Benjamin, Asher, Gabriel, Levi, Elijah, are, he, are biblical names. And women's Ab Abigail is up there. So is Sarah and Hannah. So today, having a Hebrew name really isn't that rare. Um, and you're not even necessarily Jewish if you do. Uh, there are those who change their, uh, now the family name does not have a spiritual significance from the Jewish point of view. Uh, however, as we know in Israel, the early Zionists, uh, David Gruen became David Ben-Gurion, and he was very insistent that anyone who became part of his government change their name, uh, the first chief rabbi of the army, uh, uh, Rabbi Shlomo Grunchik became Shlomo Goren, which means like a uh, storage uh, for food. So uh, there is an idea, even some people change their Jewish sounding names uh, to sound less Jewish. Greenstein, they'll become green. Uh, and others go the other way. Now, naming is traditionally done at a Brit Milah when the boy is circumcised. For a girl, there's no specific custom. It can be done right after she's born. The custom is to do it in the synagogue when you're called up to the Torah. Uh, some people do it the next morning. Uh, in Manhattan, I was near a synagogue that was right near the hospitals. And sometimes someone come in, do a naming. We said, when, when was your daughter born? It said, three hours ago. But often people will wait to Shabbat, or they'll even wait till the Shabbat Till the mother is better and can come to synagogue and they can invite guests. So there's not a specific custom of when that has to be done. Uh, changing a name. So this is a very interesting subject because in the Torah we see that names were changed. Avram became Avraham. God said, now you will be not Avram means elevated father, but now you'll be Avraham, Avhamon Goyim, father of many nations. Yaakov means heel. He grabbed onto Esau's heel. And we just mentioned that in the first half of his life, he wasn't very, uh, he did things in an indirect, almost underhanded manner. Then he became Yisrael, which means Yasharkel, straight before God, or struggling with God. So Joshua became Yoshua, became Yehoshua, adding in the hay for God's name when he went on the mission to spy the land.
and it protected him from falling into uh, the trap of the negative spots. So uh, there's an idea that changing a name can elevate a person, but it's not something we regularly do. Uh, there are people who uh, take on their Hebrew name. Mine, in this case, was very similar, although I don't always have myself called Yonatan, uh, more often Jonathan, although it's a biblical name. Uh, however, there's some people whose uh, English names are completely different than their Hebrew names. Uh, in Germany, one had to have a, na a German name. So very often, Moshe became Morris. My grandfather was Yitzchak. His German name was Isidore. So uh, sometimes it'll be totally unrelated. And today, it's very common. People will give some, their children four names, two English names, two Hebrew names. Sometimes the English names are even biblical, like Noah, but their Hebrew name will not be Noah. One can do this, although ideally we're told that it's best to name someone one name. And Svardim, uh, many of them, most of them just have one name, not two. Uh, Ashkenazim, we like, you know, more is better. I get two for the price of one, why not? People often do it. What about naming after someone, after a relative? So, as we said, this is very common. But today people want to name after true relatives. And that is not ideally recommended, because whose nature are you drawing from? Well, you say maybe you're drawing from both of them. Um, but, uh, but people do do it. And uh, it's also discussed, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was asked, great rabbi of the 20th century, can you name someone after a Holocaust survivor, a person who died tragically? And he actually says, ideally you don't give them exactly the same name, but you can change it a little bit. Like Eliyah can become Eliyahu. Uh, so he says, change it slightly, but keep it there. People today will keep just one letter of the name, even cross-gender. Can you name cross-gender a baby girl for a grandfather? Uh, yes, you can. In fact, I once did a, sem a, a, a burial for a person I never knew, and her name was Avraham. Although usually they'll, if they're naming a girl after Avraham, they'll call her Ariella and just keep the Aleph. Can one do it? Yes. Is it the ideal? Not necessarily. The Noam Elimelech tells us that when we name after someone who's passed away, we are channeling an aspect of that person's divine soul, of their soul. So um, it is an important thing to do. And uh, there are different customs. Ashkenazi, we name after a relative who's passed away, and people get very bent out of shape about it. But no need to, because Svardim will name after living parents. Um, in the non-Jewish world, very common, my friend was John the Third, uh, the senior, junior, the third. Uh, Svardim will do it, and don't add anything to the name. They just, you know, you'll have a father's motion, and the son might be Moshe, or a living grandfather. They're named after that as well. So, when do we use our Hebrew names? It's said that in Egypt, there are three things that Jewish people kept, and that kept their, their spiritual strength. One was they didn't change their Hebrew names. So, it's very important to have a Hebrew name. Today, uh, it is always used in, at a naming, at a Brit, uh, on the ketubah when a person gets married, and when a person passes away. Of course, if you go to synagogue, if a man is called up to the Torah, the Hebrew name will be used as well. 
If a person, if you're praying for someone who's not well, you use their name and you ben or bat, but you use the parent's name, uh, the mother's name. So I'm Yonatan Yosef ben Devorah, my father is Avraham. So when I'm called up to Torah, I'll be ben Avraham, should be well, uh, but if someone will pray for my health, it would be ben Devorah. So, um, so that's when it's used in, in common day usage. But as we said, there's an ethnic, a spiritual dimension, an identity dimension to using our Hebrew name. And it's interesting that in the general society, ethnic is in, as we said, uh, there was a movement. Uh, now today, uh, it's very common that people have very uh, exotic, different names. Although one of my rabbis said, do not use an exotic name for your child. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be um, teased in school. So don't go searching Jewish sources for the most exotic uh, name you can find. But the way naming is done, if someone doesn't have a Hebrew name, you can take it on uh, and have a blessing made in synagogue, and that will become your Hebrew name. But it's a very heavy thing. Some people go to a rabbi to ask them, what name should I take on? But I view it differently, that a person should study Torah, and when you get to your Hebrew name, you'll recognize it. It'll resonate with you, or that personality, biblical or Talmudic, will or later, will resonate with you, and that's how you know it's the right name. So our original question, how does a parent know what to name a child? So, uh, one of the great rabbis said that a parent is given a special divine uh, insight to name the child the name which will be the reflection of their soul, which will be linked to their destiny as they grow up and as they actualize their own lives. We should all live up to our Hebrew names.